my sex writing cave where all the smut happens in real life in my head or on paper, this is the Smut Lancer Podcast, a weekly show where we discuss writing and creating content about sex and getting paid to do it. I'm your host and fellow Smut Lancer, Kayla Lords. Welcome to episode 10. This week, I'm sharing tips on how I give advice in a way that lets me sleep at night and helps build an audience. If this is your first time listening, glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. The Smutlancer podcast is produced every Wednesday and show notes are found at thesmutlancer.com. Follow me there or on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at The Smutlancer. This week's episode is brought to you by Blueberry, a podcasting hosting solution that makes podcasting affordable and easy. If you're thinking of creating audio content and want a hosting service and plugin that integrates with your website and offers great analytics, check out Blueberry. I use Blueberry for this podcast, the Loving BDSM podcast, and the soon-to-be-released Masturbation Monday podcast. And it's easy, affordable, and has great tech support. Use the code Kayla Lords, all one word, to get one month free to try it out. Again, that's Blueberry, B-L-U-B-R-R-Y dot com and use code Kayla Lords for one month free. So I feel like this week's topic is a little meta. I'm going to give advice on giving advice in a place where I give advice. <laughs> Have we gone down a rabbit hole? Possibly. Um, there's a few reasons for this. One because I find myself giving advice more and more often. Um, And yes, just like anybody else out there who does it, I do sometimes find myself saying, who the hell am I and what makes me qualified? Um, And we will, we can get into that. Um, But I did, I have heard from other people, um, sex bloggers, sex toy reviewers who say, I don't, I'm terrified of giving advice. I, I'm afraid I would give bad advice. I'm afraid I might actually cause harm. I'm, you know, I don't necessarily know enough. And I have two thoughts on that. One, nobody should give advice who does not feel comfortable giving advice. It is not a requirement in creating content um, about sex that you advise the whole world um, on how you do it or what you think other people should do. So first of all, let's just put that out there. It is not a requirement. You don't have to. If it's not your thing, don't do it. Um, But second of all, the people who tend to give the best advice and make the biggest impact are the people who worry about what they say and whether they're helping and if they might hurt somebody accidentally or give them bad advice and have them go off and do something that that causes problem for them. it's the people who think they know it all and that their advice is golden and that they cannot be questioned. Those are the people who really probably should not be giving advice because they could be hurting people and they don't seem to take that moment and pause and care. So if you kind of think you might want to, um, but you're worried and you're afraid or you're not quite sure, maybe my method will work for you, um, or at least some parts of it. Um, I, for years, would have told you that, no, 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 I do not give advice. I just share my story. And if people read or hear my story and glean something from that, good for them. And for a while, that's exactly how I felt. Um, I was out there just sex blogging and sharing my own experiences. And what was happening was that people were contacting me and saying, I've read your story. I've read this post. I've heard you talk on your podcast. And this was early days in loving BDSM podcast. Um, and you've helped me and I'm, I'm 
trying to emulate some of what you're saying and what your, you know, your approach to how you do your, your DS relationship, your kink life, whatever, whatever it is I happen to be talking about. Um, and I realized that simply by sharing my story and saying, here's what I kind of learned from that, or here's how it made me feel, I am in a roundabout way giving advice. Now, once I decided that I wanted to move more into a career position with this, I wanted to make my money by writing and creating content, and I wanted it to be in the sex space. Well, then I ran out and I did all kinds of Google searches on how the hell do you do that? And in the vanilla world, if you're trying to make money, especially off of your own website or um, using your website to leverage your money-making abilities, um, the biggest, most common piece of advice is whatever the content is that you put out there, it should help other people. And for a while, I tried to turn my personal blog, KaylaLords.com, into this space where that's what it did very consciously. Um, I wrote some uh, pieces specifically about um, BDSM and dominance and submission that were um, geared towards look for this or avoid that or try not to do this. Or, you know, they were very advicey. Um, I ran a segment for a while on... Um, uh, sort of what we're doing here at the Smut Lancer, where I was talking about, here's how I, you know, make money and here's some things I believe. And, oh, here's a monthly um, report about how I earn my money. And here you go, ta-da, right? Um, and it was helping in the sense that I was getting some practice and I was getting some attention and people were listening. But for me, Kayla Lords was not, .com was not the place for that. That's my personal sex blog. And it's where... I don't mind telling people what I think and how I feel like it can apply to other people there, but really it's my personal story. So from that, from those few experiments with advice giving in my own sort of quirky way, um, lovingbdsm.net was born and thesmutlancer.com was born because I wanted to keep kaylalords.com personal and private and very, not private, but very much about my inner life um, more than looking outwards. And I felt like, okay, if I'm going to give advice, let's put these in very specific places um, so that the people who want the advice part can get there and the people who want the kinky fuckery part can just stay with kaylords.com. That's partly how I ended up with multiple websites. You do not have to do that, okay? That's just how I did that. That's not, that is not advice. I do not necessarily recommend running multiple websites unless you just like not having a life. Um, but... It still was part of the practice of figuring out that not only could I give advice and could I get comfortable with it, um, that there were people out there who wanted to hear what I thought. And it did start from my personal blog. And it did start with me saying, here are five things to know. Here are 10 things to know. One of the most popular blog posts at KaylaLords.com to this day, I think I wrote it in 2015. I'd have to go back and look. It was either 2014 or 2015. Is is called 10 Signs He's an Asshole, Not a Dominant. Um, and I was a, I was a lot, a little hmm, snarky in that one because I was pissed when I wrote it. I was so annoyed at just predatory behavior by so-called dominance. Um, but it is to this day one of my most popular blog posts to the point that I had moved away from writing about that stuff on KaylaLords.com and I was writing for it, writing about it over on LovingBDSM.net. I had to go back in. I was It was a huge traffic stream I was losing. I went back into that post. I added a little paragraph at the bottom that went, do you like what you just read here? Here, go click over here. Go to this space and get more. Um, 
but that's that was sort of an that's that's the offshoot of where my advice giving has gone and how it's led and it's led to all kinds of stuff. So when I say that advice giving can certainly um, help build your smut lancing career, I, I do say that from personal experience. Um, as always, everything is unique and individual and we're all on a, our own spectrum of things. So I truly do not necessarily recommend having multiple websites. <laughs> as much as I enjoy it, it's really not for everybody. Um, but also that yes, your personal blog can have advice and that that advice will sometimes be your biggest driver of traffic. I have, I think in that time when I was sort of experimenting with advice kind of writing, I wrote maybe a dozen things. Of those dozen pieces or so, five of them are my top five posts of all time. To this day, every once in a while, I'll like weirdly go viral. There'll be this massive spike in my views for the day. I'm like, what the hell's going on? Well, somebody has come across one of these pieces, especially that asshole dominant one. Um, and they've po posted it on in a Facebook group or they've posted it somewhere on FetLife or it's somewhere where it can draw a big audience and people have flooded my site because of it. So advice giving definitely has a place. Um, if you're comfortable with it, it's worth trying. You will not be great at it at first. It does take practice like everything else we do. Um, but for those people who do have those fears and worries and, uh, am I really qualified to do this? Part of that is a legitimate concern and part of that could be imposter syndrome. Um, but here's how I sort of do it. Okay. And how I look at it and take from these what, what work for you. So first of all, I always start from my own perspective. Um, my very first forays into here, let me actually advise you on something and tell you what I think about a thing and how some people should handle it. Um, we're very much from my own experience. You know, I went from not even understanding my own body and sexual responses to figuring out that I was kinky to figuring out that I'm a very specific type of kinkster living in a 24 seven kinky relationship. It was a huge journey. And in, in that time that it happened, I learned a lot about myself. And my personal belief is that we have more in common than things that separate us. So, by sharing my perspective, I knew not everybody would um, have the same perspective, would see things the same way, would want the same things I wanted, but that for those people who connected with what I was saying, there might be something there that they could use. So that's the first thing. I, I Any advice I give, I always start from my own perspective. Not only does it make um, what you're saying sort of a stronger statement because it's something you can say, I've lived through this. You might not live through this. You might not have this experience, but I did and other people will. And here's what I, here's what I learned. Um, but two, you make it more personal and people, even people who don't relate to what you're saying or don't even need the advice that you're giving, um, they will connect with you on a more personal level. And sometimes just from that, you build your readership or your audience because you've made, you've just touched somebody. Even if they don't need your advice, you've touched them on a personal level. So yeah, start with your own perspective whenever possible. Now, writing for clients, I cannot always write from my own perspective. They need a type, they need a, a, a type of writing or a topic that I have not personally experienced. So the next thing is to do as much research as you can and reach out to people you trust 
who seem open to being reached out to, not everybody wants to be reached out to, to ask questions and say, can you, can you point me in the right direction? Or am I, you know, what do you think? Or can you help me understand this a little bit better? So I write, I write about sex toys all the time, not just for myself, but for clients. And writing about sex toys for clitoral stimulation or G-spot stimulation, I'm, I'm kind of good there. But when they're like, oh, well, we need this thing written about prostate massage. Y'all, I don't have a prostate. <laughs> I do not have a prostate. So how, therefore I cannot write from my own perspective, but I do know where I can go to get good information. I know what resources I trust. I use my reading comprehension skills that I have gained over all these years of being a reader and writer to sort of weed out, ooh, that's kind of shitty advice. No, I won't do that. I won't offer that. Oh, that's good advice. Um, I, the reason I, one of the reasons, there's many reasons. One of the reasons I lurk on Twitter so much is because I learn from observation. I'm watching people have conversations. I'm, I'm paying attention to what feels right to me and what doesn't feel right to me. And so some advice we give that we think is very body part specific or gender specific really isn't. It's pay attention to your body, experiment, don't do what doesn't feel good, go slow. So while I can't have a perspective on prostate massage, I can have a, a perspective on here's how to use a new sex toy and then go find out information specific to prostate massage from resources I trust. Um, will those resources always be 100% right? Of course not. Nothing's infallible. Anything can be a mistake. But when you do the best that you can do to present the best possible information, if you discover that you were wrong, you just make amends and you you correct the mistake and then you do better next time. It's, it's fine, okay? Um, the third thing I do is I always, always, always admit that my way is not the only way. I do not own the one true way of how to write about sex or be a kinky submissive woman or live a DS life or whatever the hell I'm trying to tell people that they need to do. My way is not the only way. There are other ways. I actively encourage people to reach out to me with their way. One, it's a great way to start a conversation so everybody feels that they have the opportunity to be heard. But two, I learned something from that that I can then sort of take into my brain, let it you know percolate in there for a while, and then later, who knows when something similar is going to come up and I'm going to remember, hey, I know a person who had an experience and here's what they said. And then I can make my advice giving more well-rounded and better thought out. So saying my way is not the one true way, one, makes it easier for people to listen to advice that they might not necessarily even need or want and even disagree with and be open-minded about it and say, okay, I'm just hearing this one person's perspective. Here we go. Um, but two, it gives me the opportunity to have conversations and learn something new. Um, I am very, very not impressed when somebody says, this is the only way it can be done. Um, in kink, I'll flat out tell you that you're damn wrong and you're a dirty, dirty liar and get the hell away from me. In other, in other avenues, I might be a little calmer about it, but it's still sort of the same thing. There is, there is no one true way on anything and be very leery of somebody who tries to tell you that there is. Okay. So the next thing I do, and I, I think I've said this before, I've said it before, but I can't remember where. And that's what happens when you talk a lot for a living. <laughs> you start to repeat your stories because you don't know where you said them last. Um, 
So pardon me if you've heard this. So every Friday, the uh, a new Loving BDSM episode drops. And some episodes are really fun and light and we're just having a conversation. And sometimes they get really heavy and deep. And I like say a thing I think that I don't would normally say out loud or haven't actually had a conversation about before. And it doesn't matter what the topic is. Every Thursday night before I go to bed, I do a gut check and I say, okay, I might've just pissed off some people with having that kind of strong opinion, or I might've given advice somebody doesn't agree with and they're gonna think I'm an idiot because that's how I do things. And those thoughts do creep in. I I would love to meet people who never think that after they you know, go out and publish their thoughts and their advice giving. If those people exist, I, I need to learn from them because I, I've been doing this for a few years now and I still have this. But what I do to combat it is I do a gut check. Every Thursday night before I go to bed, I ask myself, if somebody got in my face about what I said, not how I said it, not my attitude, because sometimes those things can be off or be misperceived, but the actual meat of what I said, do I, would I defend it? Would I defend it wholeheartedly as being right for me and from my perspective and for what I know to be true. If I can say, oh, hell yeah, I'll go toe to toe with anybody who wants to come at me, then I know it was right to put out there. Now that does not mean, let me say it again, that I think I'm always right or that I even express myself the right way. A new fear I have is that I'm not expressing myself the right way and I'm coming across as as either arrogant or, you know, just too bitchy or all kinds of things. I have one of those brains that gets very anxious. So this happens. But um, if I feel strong about the, the content, the content itself, what I said or what I wrote, then it, it's good to go. That's what I truly believe because from the very top, right? The very first thing, share your own perspective. That's what I come at and how I come at it and how I approach it in everything. It is always from my own perspective and I always know somebody else will see it differently and that's okay. I am not threatened by somebody else seeing it differently. I am confident enough to say, in all my not that much confidence, but I am confident enough to say, you don't have to see it the way I see it for my way to be valid and even if I fundamentally disagree with your way for your way to be valid. I don't have to do it your way and you don't have to do it my way. This is how I see it. I can defend it. Um, and when I do that gut check, even though I'm always a little mentally prepared for somebody to go, I hate what you said and I think you're horrible and come at me, come at me, right? Um, I feel better because I know that I said what I meant and that it was meaningful to me. So you can't get dogmatic in that. You can't dig your heels in so much that you're not willing to ever learn something new or admit you could have been wrong. Uh, I can staunchly defend myself because it, with what I know in this moment and how I feel about a topic in this moment, this is what I think. The next part about being able to give advice is being willing to not just hear other perspectives, which that when we do a really like sort of heavy, deep episode on loving BDSM and I know it could be controversial or that people will think something differently than I think. We end it with, if you have a differing opinion, if you have a different perspective, please share it with us. 
please tell us what you think and why you disagree with us. If you do, we want to learn more. Okay. What we also then say is I will have any respectful conversation anybody wants to have. You can disagree with me on any level. What I will not deal with are assholes. So if you come at me like an asshole, I'm just going to ignore you because that's not a productive conversation. You know, knock on wood, I've been very fortunate. People have presented their perspectives that are different from mine. They have had an made an argument for it to say, this is why I see it this way. This is what my experience is. This is why I believe what I believe. And not a single person has been an asshole. And even if they haven't changed my mind, they have enlightened me and I've learned something and I've broadened my own horizons as a result and it is beautiful. So advice giving is a two-way street, I think. And so it's not just what you can tell other people, it's what you can learn from them. Um, and so the next thing about that, when you do open yourself up to hearing other perspectives and being willing to hear somebody say, mm, I do it differently and here's what I do and here's why I do it and all that good stuff, you have to also be willing to change your mind. Just because something is right for you in a moment does not mean that it's one, universally right, or two, the only way to do it. And you might find by having these interactions with other people that the way you've been doing it worked for you to a certain extent, but hey, here's a better way and you'll try something. And then you will incorporate that into how you explain it next time. It doesn't mean you were wrong the time before, it means you've grown and you've changed. And when you can show your audience that you're able to grow and change and accept new ideas and make them work with your existing beliefs and ideas about whatever the topic might be, you also show them that they can do it too. And that if you can do it and then they can do it and you can maybe do it together, you've just built part of a loyal audience by being willing to do that. Um, it's sort of a, it's a multi-step process, but it's not a step-by-step. -step. It's a, this is all happening at the same time. So I'm sharing what I think about a thing and I'm outlining five steps and I'm saying, hey, what do you think? Hey, do you have a different experience? Especially um, with BDSM advice, because it is so, so personal. I think any sexual advice, you have to be willing to say, here are some things that I consider standards that I live by, that I follow, that I believe in. Oh, and here are some things that, yeah, no, it doesn't really matter. We can all do it any way we want. It's fine. Just do what works for you. And you can, while you're doing that, you're sharing your perspective, you're taking in other information, you're expanding your horizons, you're doing research, and it's all happening at the same time. For me, that's wonderful and fascinating, and it fulfills me. That is not fulfilling to everybody. And some people have heard what I have just said and gotten very stressed out. <laughs> it either means that my method won't work for you or that maybe advice giving is not for you, and that's okay. Now, the last thing I've got on my little uh, bullet point list and I will have this list in the show notes. So if you're like, oh shit, what did she say? Don't worry, I got it, I got you covered. It's in the show notes, smutlancer.com. This last one is one that I have to work really hard at um, because sometimes I worry that I'm not giving quote real advice because of this. And that is to not be afraid of what you see as a really simple or basic answer. So let me, let me tell you how this works. So the content I put out on lovingbdsm.net, the smellanswer.com, wherever, wherever I'm like here, let me tell you some thoughts I have about a thing that you can try, right? 
it can be very nuanced and here's some details and there's there's all this information and some sometimes and I, I recognize this about my own writing it can be a little overwhelming because it's sort of like trying to drink from a fire hose and then so you put that out there and you what you do when you put that out there is you make it clear to audience members that you have thoughts on things and that you're willing to share them um, what can happen in return? I think bloggers who aren't trying to give advice, they just talk about their own personal stuff, experience this as well, is that you will have readers or audience members who will reach out to you on a personal level. And they will say, here's my situation. Can you help me? What do you think I should do? Now there, we could have a whole conversation about should you, you know, should they be reaching out to you and should you be answering? My personal opinion on that is I have never lost anything by being generous with my readers. If they followed me, found me, read me, listened to me, and felt comfortable enough with me to bear a part of their soul in an email that they weren't even sure would get an answer, by God in hell, I will give them an answer and I will be generous, as generous as I can. I have had people ask such complex questions that I was like, oh no, I cannot answer this in one email. However, here's how I can help you. Here's some basic information. Here's a little bit. If you would like more, we're going to have to work something out because you're asking for something more than just a simple email response. But the vast majority of the time, I just take the time. When I have the time, I do have to set those boundaries and I just answer their damn question. Not everybody feels that way. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> That's how I handle it. That's how I do it. Um, and I've never, ever, ever been sorry that I was generous with my time. Now, in getting all of those emails, and it's cyclical, so it'll be really quiet for a while. Right now, knock on wood, it's very quiet. And then it'll blow up for two weeks, and I feel overwhelmed by the emails. And then it'll quiet down, and it just goes that way. I'm going to be very sad the day I no longer have time to answer every email I get, and I can only answer some of them. That that will be a wonderful day because it means I'm, I'm busy and I'm doing great things career-wise. It will be sad because I feel like I will lose um, the ability to personally touch and affect and interact with listeners. So right now, I answer them all. And what I find is of the emails that come in collectively, 95 to 97% require very basic, simple answers. They are not complex. The people who are living the problem feel like they are extremely complex because they're stuck in the middle of it and they don't see a way out and they think they've tried everything and they're they're feeling lost and they're feeling vulnerable and they don't feel heard. And so they're, they're reaching out to somebody they perceive to be the expert to say, help me, please. And... Sometimes the other three to 5%, that those people need professional help that I am not qualified to give, okay? And that's the other part of this. When you start answering questions, you need to know yourself well enough to know that sometimes you are not qualified to answer. You are not a medical professional. You are not a counselor. They need legal help. They need, you know, in, in my case, I see a lot of BDSM relationships. And sometimes what they need to do is to call the cops and then call an attorney and maybe go to um, a domestic abuse, you know, hotline or, or group or somebody who can help them because they are in a much bigger, more serious situation than me little podcaster on the internet can help with. Part of giving advice is knowing when you should not give advice. For the vast majority of the other emails I get though, and the messages, the answer is almost always the same exact answer. 
and it is, have you had a conversation with your partner? Have you talked about this with the person who is making you feel this way or doing these things or whatever it is? It's every situation is completely unique to that person, that partnership, that life. 95% of the time, the answer is the same. You need to talk to one another. You need to, you know, it's it's whatever it is, depending on your thing. And in BDSM, it is communication. It is communication and consent. And I give that advice 95% of the time. And for a while, I started worrying that, was I somehow doing it wrong? Why was the answer always the same to me? Was that a flaw in my ability to share my perspective and tell somebody what I think they should do? Um, and I tried to go back and look at it objectively. And I was like, well, is there another method to this? Is there another option? Am I qualified to tell somebody what to do? Because the other thing is when you get that email, many of them want sort of a step-by-step -step process. Just tell me the five steps to do and I'll do those things and my life will be perfect. And the thing I know about not advice giving, but life is that there are no easy steps. It is the hard sort of slog through the work that you have to do the introspective work and you have to communicate and you have to listen more than you speak sometimes. And sometimes you have to speak more than you usually do. And it's a very complex thing. And it all starts with a conversation. And I will be the first to tell somebody who reaches out to me, I can't tell you exactly what you should do, but here's what I would do if it were me. And I would be having a conversation with the person. And then from that conversation, here are multiple options you could take if any of those things feel right to you. And it's a lot of balancing act as the person giving the advice for the same reasons that a lot of people won't touch advice giving. You could accidentally influence somebody to make a very bad decision. You could give bad advice and give them wrong information. Um, they could take you literally and do exactly what you say and, and be worse off for it. And those are fears I live with, which means that when I give advice, I take it extremely seriously. I always sort of start out with, I can't possibly know exactly what you should do. But here's what I think, because what they've done is they've heard what I think so many times that they've decided, well, let me give her this specific scenario and see what she thinks. And quite frankly, most of the time, I think the same thing. For a while, it made me worry that I was somehow doing it wrong. Because I was like, how can the, the answer possibly be the same for most people? Part of that is because I'm not going to tell anybody exactly what to do with their life. So I can't give a highly individualized, very specific answer. All I know about their situation is the little bit they told me. I don't know the other person's perspective. And quite frankly, in a situation where there are two people involved in a dispute, there are actually three sides. One person's side, the second person's side, and then the truth in the middle. Because we're also working off of our perception of what's happening. And then, of course, depending on the story they've told me, I have to be careful that my own experiences don't color my view of what I'm looking at. Does it sound like something my shitty ex-husband did? Oh gosh, I might have one kind of reaction. Oh gosh, does it sound like something I've done and I was really ashamed of it? Oh, I might give them a different kind of reaction. So it takes a lot of self-awareness to be able to give advice that genuinely helps people because quite frankly, as not a mental health professional is not a licensed anything. I am very, very careful 
to not try to direct somebody's life and how they should be living it with my advice giving. What I will do is nudge them and I will say, you know, conversation is the starting point. And if you don't get a resolution from one or 10 or a dozen or however many conversations you need to have, then it's time to look at other options. There are times since I do talk mostly to people who are in DS relationships, I have to say, okay, if you're trying all of these things that you've told me about and you're still not satisfied and you still can't find a way to make it work, you might have to make some hard decisions. I never tell somebody, that's not true. One time I did. 99.9% of the time, I don't tell somebody to break up with somebody else. I'm not making that decision for them. I will help them figure out the best decision for them and maybe bolster them a little bit and tell them that they are capable of doing this and that they, maybe they deserve something better than they have. But I will not tell somebody to break up with somebody except for that one time where every single line of the email was a red flag. And I said, if everything here is 100% accurate, I am terrified for you. Always have a conversation first, as long as you feel safe to do it. But you have said in this email, you do not feel safe. I am scared for you. Here are some domestic abuse hotline numbers, depending on your country of origin. Please, please, please be careful. It was the one time. And even then I stopped and said, uh, John Brownstone, can you help me with this? This is what I want to say, because this sounds dangerous. And this is not DS, this is abuse. And he, because I had sort of his backup, he's kind of my conscience sometimes. <laughs> he pulls me back from the brink when I go too far. He nudges me forward when I hang back too much and, and don't put myself out there. He's, he's a good sounding board. And he was like, no, 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 this is terrifying. Please, please, please say those are all red flags. This is not DS. This is, if this is making you feel bad, there's a reason, you know, and that was the one time I've done it. But advice giving on whatever level, whether you're writing an article, a blog post, you're writing for somebody else, you're sitting on a podcast, you're answering emails that come to you, in whatever form you give advice, the first thing to know, to understand is it's a huge responsibility. And some of us do not want that responsibility. And you know what? You are a still a valid content creator and you can still have a, make money and have a career without doing that, okay? If it's not right for you, don't do it. Um, if you're scared of it, you wanna do it, but you're scared of it, then it's time to start learning some tricks and some tips to get through it. And quite frankly, the only thing that, that from my perspective, gets helps that fear diminish maybe not completely go away but diminish greatly is just to get out there and do it and recognize that you will be wrong and if you keep yourself open to the fact that you might actually be wrong and when somebody says to you i think you're wrong and here's my evidence to support that be willing to change your mind be willing to apologize be willing to go back and go "Ooh, i got this one really wrong i I've been very fortunate that because i'm so freaking cautious that doesn't happen very often but i always keep myself open to it now because I tend to write from my perspective. Somebody on uh, on Twitter the other day, I think it was Violet of Fire and Honey, if I'm remembering correctly. And if I'm remembering wrong, somebody please correct me. We were talking about, Girl in the Net had put out a tweet that said, hey, writers, what kind of stops you? What are your mental roadblocks? What stops you from writing? And I said, it's of saying something wrong. It's of accidentally offending because I used bad, you know, the wrong words to describe something, or I, I mischaracterize something. I'm, I'm very worried about my words being misperceived and then taken to have been offensive and to, then I, the message is lost. And I really think it was Violet who said, you are so neutral. I cannot imagine that happening. 
And at first I was like, I'm, am I neutral? Is that a, yeah, I'm neutral. Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? See it. Then I had an internal dialogue. It was a very, it was a very big thing for me. But then I realized that you're right. I am, I am neutral. I am neutral because here's how I do it. And if that rings true to you and, and, and feels right to you, try, try what I do. If it does not, okay, it's not going to change what I do. It might not change what you do. We can do it differently. We can agree to disagree. I can think that somebody else's method is an awful method and never want to emulate it and not disparage them for necessarily doing it. Um, I can also think something is awful and never want to do it and think it's the worst possible way to do it and explain why I don't think it's the right way without being, I think, a total bitch about it and without being sanctimonious. And that's what I'm striving for. My, I'm striving to say, I'm trying very, very hard all the time to say, here's how I think of things. If you disagree with me, cool, whatever. I'm gonna be over here talking to people who see, see or hear something that I have created and go, that speaks to me. And I'm gonna learn more about that. And if I help them, then I, I've achieved my goal. That's the point. It doesn't mean that somebody else can't go do it a different way. It doesn't mean that we all have to have the same way of approaching things. It also doesn't mean we have to agree with each other on how we approach things, but we are free to approach things in the way that work best for us, including how we give advice. So yes, I uh, strive very, um, very, uh, hard to be neutral because I don't want my message to get lost in name calling and, and, um, yelling and the, the weird arguments that happen online. Mm -mm. I would rather say here, I'm going to present my way and you will do with it what you will do with it because I choose to treat my audience as if you're all very intelligent. And if you have a question, you can always ask me and I will do my best to help if I can. I will also be the first one to say if I don't feel like I'm qualified to answer and I don't know. Hardest words, once you start giving advice, one of the hardest things to say I found is I don't know. You kind of tell yourself somehow that what you should do is always know. And the most authentic thing you can do is to say, I don't know. And I and here's who might know and here's where you might get information, but I honestly don't know. Um, and that is that also helps build your credibility as an advice giver, okay? If you think you always know and you just throw something out there, even though you're not 100% sure about it, it goes back to that step of do the gut check. If confronted with this information based on how I feel about a thing, based on my perspective in life, based on what I know to be true, can I defend it toe to toe with somebody? If I can't, then I shouldn't be offering it to anybody else. And if I can say it, share it, and still be willing to learn something new that will teach me something different and change my mind. So there you have it. Advice on giving advice by an advice giver. That was way meta. Okay. Thanks for listening to the Smut Lancer podcast with me, Kayla Lords. If you like what you just heard, and I didn't lose you completely, please leave a review on your favorite podcast app and check out the blog, past episodes, and other great info at thesmutlancer.com. You can follow me as The Smut Lancer on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. I'm 
at the Smut Lancer in all three places. Feel free to reach out there or by email at Kayla at the with questions or topic suggestions. Or yes, if you, you know, need some advice, if I can give it, I give me, give me time, but I'm happy to do it. Thanks for listening, y'all. And let's do this again next week. Thank you.